Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And this week we're doing a very special episode. We love doing this kind of episode. It is a listener stories That's episode. That's right. We love it when you all send us your stories of paranormal encounters, things that you've experienced in your own life uh, so that we can check them out. And we also love being able to read them for other listeners and viewers uh, on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we've got a bunch. Mm-hmm. We're going to uh, read through them. These are real experiences from real people. Yeah. Very excited. Take uh, her away, Willie. So we're going to do this first one. This is from Jeanette Scudder. Temperatures seemed to average a bit colder in the old days, and Hickory Creek in the winters often held enough ice for skaters. Hickory. Hickory Creek. <laughs> I love that's like such like a, a local Yeah, totally. Like where we grew up in Connecticut, we had Putnam Park. Yep. You know, I love the local color. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hickory Creek often held enough ice for skaters. <laughs> you want to go down to Hickory Creek? Think the ice is built up go enough? Skating? Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. All right. Do you remember that one of the teachers from our elementary school fell through the ice and died in the park? Oh God! At uh, I I don't remember the name of the lake now. Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh, horrific! I know. I was afraid of that lake. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I can't believe we went out there for like gym class. Did you do that? I was afraid of the lake. Yeah. Did you do that? I don't remember. We would like walk over to the lake and like mock skate or something like that. Like just scooch around on our sneakers. Ugh. Yeah. It's weird. It's I like know. they just needed something for you to do. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. As the story goes, parents sometimes warn their children that they'd better be home on time or the phantom skater might get them. The phantom skater of Hickory Creek was Wait, an. Jeanette Scudder, phantom skater. Whoa. Is this the phantom skater? Jeanette Scudder. Yeah, you didn't disguise yourself very well, Jeanette. Yeah, right, come on. This yeah. is her like Scooby-Doo villain <laughs> yeah. attire. The Phantom Skater was Jeanette Scudder. The whole time. I wanted the lake for myself. <laughs> Hickory wanted, Creek like, is mine. I skate time and I want it all the time. I'm descended from Gordon Hickory. <laughs> Hickory Creek has been in my family for generations. All right. The Phantom Skater of Hickory Creek was an enormous figure in black tights and a skull cap. The blades of his skates flashed green sparks and blue flames. He would leap over bridges while giving out shrieks of eerie, horrifying laughs. Sweet, right? This is beautiful. Yeah. This is Scooby-Doo. Yeah. While a lot of children were frightened by stories of the Phantom Skater, only one man ever claimed to have seen him. That was the late Harvey Seasongood. How good, right? So good. Season good. <laughs> Who once... That's... Harvey Season Good is defend, de- descended from farmers who had good seasons. Oh yeah, good harvest. Right? Harf- Harvey Harvests. Oh my Harvest God. Season Good. <laughs> this is another alias. This is not. We got Jeanette Scudder, who's actually the Phantom Skater. Harvey Season Good. Harvest Season Good is definitely somebody else. Harvey Season Good, who once operated Harvey Season Good Farm Supply on Glenlord Road in Lincoln Township. This is. Marvelous. Yeah. Season Good, who died in 1964, said he and other children were once skating along the creek and lost track of time. Then he heard the horrifying scraping of huge blades as the phantom skater approached. Everyone scattered, but Season Good got stuck in a barbed wire fence at the top of the ravine. Fortunately, the phantom skater didn't see the horrified boy. Mm. But Season Good got a good look 
at the spectral skater, hugely tall, wearing black, fiery skates with cloven hooves where his feet should be. He cast no shadow in the moonlight. The phantom skater concept may predate Season Good, but Season Good was one of the best storytellers in the area, and there's no question he made the yarn his own and expanded on it. The story spread, too. People who had never heard of Season Good knew about the skater. The phantom skater story spread across the land. I That was wonderful. Right? That was marvelous. That had a small town uh, beauty to it. It's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was very comfortable. I feel like I get it. You can feel that place. Yep. Uh, and you can imagine the kids that all want to make sure that they come home before the phantom skater comes Yeah. Home. Yeah. Can you imagine what a fun like little kid thing that is? Wonderful. So good. A couple of lovely little touchstones, things that we've talked about before. Uh, monsters as a means of keeping your damn kid in line. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What's a better motivator? Feel free to go down to Hickory Creek. <laughs> But you better come home on time. He didn't come home on time. You know why I'm telling you to come back on time, right? It's not because I want you home to eat my delicious supper I made you. Ugh, supper. It's because of the... Well, I shouldn't tell you. (laughs) No, what? What? (sighs) Dad or something. I'm both mother and father. Sure. It's because of the phantom skater. The phantom skater? Well, what's that? While he comes down to old Hickory Creek past dark. I better be home on time. That's right. Yeah. Little son or daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful. The other thing I want to say about it, the idea of uh, uh, ghosts or mythological fe- figures, one of their distinguishing features that like physics doesn't apply to them, even just yeah, in a small yeah. way. No shadow in the moonlight. Right. Right? Something's just wrong. Something's, That's not something you might necessarily clock right away, but something's wrong. It might take you a few times staring at him to even realize what feels off about it. Yeah. No shadow. Yeah. In the no moonlight. shadow. No shadow on the Phantom Skater. No shadow. That was wonderful. Great. That was a wonderful story. Absolutely. Jeanette, thank you so much. I love that. The Phantom Skater. Yes. All right. So we are going to move on to a story from Alex, who lives in Connecticut. Oh. And who has told some Connecticut stories in our Facebook group before. Ever since I was a small child, I've been what most people would describe as a scaredy cat. Not really sure what happened at age 17 where I crossed over into hardcore fan of everything horror, but it might have been that it was when the ghostly phenomenon that always seemed to plague me finally started to die down. The first of my ghost experiences actually happened in my home in Burlington, which happened to be up in the mountain part, which was surrounded by thick woods. When I was a kid, my sister and I had been learning up on Irish fae and lore, and we recently learned about the Banshee. Mm. We thought it was terrifying since we're Irish, and that meant it would get us or something. So one night, I'm alone in our living room looking out onto our backyard. Even worse, the backyard has a porch which which goes all the way down to the yard, leaving easy access to all the living room windows. I'm in the connected kitchen and glance out the window, my heart almost literally stopping as I see what looks like an old woman in a black dress walking around. I felt what can only be described as pure terror, and I just on the ground out of sight. uh, Maybe it's like Like I I dropped dropped on the ground out of sight of the windows. I waited what felt like an ungodly amount of time before running up to my bedroom and peeking out of the blinds. Nothing was there, and I tried to forget about it. Love it. 
Uh, at that house, I also once looked up to our rec room window from the front yard and thought I saw a nun in the window. I was like, nope, don't like that, and promptly forgot all about it. My little sister, who's now 21 and I'm 25, brought it up a few summers ago and said, hey, ever seen the nun in the window? Oh. Which led us to both being pretty freaked out. I Yeah. Hey, ever seen the nun in the window? I'd be like, yes, I have. Oh you have too. What? I yeah. thought only I had, or some, or like, or even just being like, I always convinced myself that it was something normal. But yeah. the fact that you also felt like there was something weird about it, right, is now making me realize that there really is something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, confirmation like that is like confirmation is usually kind of comforting like somebody else gets you that's both both comforting and unsettling because you're like oh my god i'm not crazy it's not just me but like if we both saw it that means this is real i can yeah. write myself off as crazy but like we right. both and also that like a nun is supposed to be like a comforting person that's like a, a normal profession for a person to have right but the and so the fact that and like when it takes on a sinister edge it's extra oh, sinister well for sure yeah but to also be like Oh, I'm spooked by that. And then maybe even feeling guilty. Like, oh, that's just like a person who's like yeah. living out their religion day to day. Right. And then for somebody else to go like, you saw it too, right? It suddenly goes like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I no longer feel guilty. Yeah. I feel like maybe we were both picking up on something that was really wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like Kristen and I were kids and we similarly had a vision that we later confirmed we'd each seen the boy with the French horn. Right. We both saw him. We couldn't believe it when we confirmed it with each other. Was he perfectly framed in his living room window when? you saw him too yes he was he was ringing out his horn for everyone to hear oh my god you heard that too it's french horn for all to hear there was a kid we lived in a cul-de-sac in st louis <laughs> yeah. and there was a a, a a boy who we never saw playing about no he was always standing in his upstairs bedroom window Almost perfectly framed in the window frame, like he's facing up playing his French horn. I'm remembering it differently. I thought he was in his living room. Oh, like no, it was like so a I, lower floor. I remember it being like up high like Mrs. Remember. Bates, yeah. but like looking out the window with it blowing into his French horn. It's like all you do is practice the horn. He's like pressed against the glass. He's yeah. so close to it. It was like somehow it was like was a 2D amazing. image. Yeah, 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 totally. Yes, absolutely. There's no depth. The boy with the French horn. It was so funny. Um <laughs> So those stories are all from that house. Um, but Alex says, we later moved into a different house. This house seemed rife with the paranormal. My mother and I would both see shadows where they shouldn't be, and things would go missing to reappear in places very obvious, like on the coffee table in the living room. A picture of me and my little sister did mysteriously fall off the wall once. Ooh. The worst of the house was one night I was sitting alone upstairs. Me and my little sister had rain over that part of the house. I must have been 15 or 16 at the time. We had a door up to our attic, and in the winter it was easy to open, but in the summer it stuck terribly bad and you had to give it a few good yanks. The house was over 100 years old, so the wood liked to expand on the parts we hadn't repainted. So I was sitting alone, and the door slammed open really hard. I screamed, jumped up, and flew into my bedroom, slamming the door. There was also a terrible, unending screeching noise that sounded from the door. So me and my sister just screamed, but I guess not loud enough to wake up my mom. Go figure. We bag and forth about who would be the one to go close the door. I think it was me once the screeching finally died down. Either way, I'll never forget that. Once I moved to a different part of Connecticut, everything seemed to die down. The last thing I can really remember was when I had just moved here at 18. I got out of the shower and there was a small childlike handprint on the mirror in the shower steam. Ugh. Aside from that, there's the occasional feeling of being watched or brushed by something. I do get the odd sense that something followed me in my teen years, which were admittedly the worst years for my, men for my mental health. And I wonder if it had anything to do with that. Anyway, thanks for listening. 
thanks for sending. Yeah, thank you very much, Alex. Yeah. I wonder, even with the screaming, is it possible that the thing, the being, whatever, uh-huh. their screams would have woken their parent right but instead the screams are being yeah blocked kind of like or kind of like maybe i don't know i was thinking about like you know like a squeaking of a door like that kind of like masks part of the scream but almost like the squeak ended too early so you could hear the continuation of the scream oh (laughs) like they were doing because they had cover but then that cover went away right yeah, see, I picture the entity being able to muffle sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so that you you cannot call for help. Yeah. No. Also, Connecticut is like one of the oldest places in the country. Uh huh. Yep. Like in terms of like you know like the original settlements yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. like that. So there is like a lot of like deep like oh, history there. Yeah, a, ton. a lot of really old buildings with a lot of that have seen many yes. families. Buildings many that have been there for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. So who knows what's going on there? All right, this next story is from Emma B. And we're going to go ahead and warn you right away if you're listening uh, to this show with kids. Uh, there might be a couple elements in this one that are a little bit spooky, so you might want to well, zoom ahead. Well, spooky. It's a, little, it's a little gruesome. A little gruesome. Is the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. A little too much. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, but it is wild. Yeah, so I mean, it's sweet. But I, I just it occurred to me that it could freak out a kid. So just know that going in. Yeah. My dad and I went on an Edinburgh ghost tour of the underground vaults. As we went down the very old and narrow steps, the air was almost oppressively thick. The tourist told us there was an apparition of a very old and skinny woman that appears in the back of one of the vaults. This got me a little spooked, but it was nothing compared to what happened next. We went into a pitch-black tiny room that was adorned with dozens of creepy porcelain dolls. There was one doll in particular that was bald and had a blue jester's outfit on that was said to move around the room. Ugh. Mr. Marbles? It's also weird because, like, I would say the signature look of a jester is the hat. So I feel like right. it's, a, it's a little, it doesn't feel right that it's wearing the then rest of bald. a jester's outfit and then it's bald. Yeah. Which makes you think maybe the doll had a hat. So they didn't, you know, like, why make hair? And there's going to be a hat on top of it anyway, so maybe uh, it's just missing its gesture. Just hat. missing its hat, yeah. I still don't care for it. Uh, the room that we entered had a very terrible past because Scotsmen in the 15 and 1600s would torture foreign women and their children in here to see if they were witches. We heard a story that two children were tortured in here and that their fingers were wrapped in rope so tightly that their fingertips popped from the pressure. Just as our tour guide told us this, we actually heard a pop in the room. Needless to say, I was scared out of my mind, and I was the first one out of that room. As we were standing near the back of the vault, our guide was talking to us, and I felt my very long hair being lifted off my shoulder. I whipped my head around to see who had the audacity to touch my hair, but the woman closest to me was a good three feet away, and my back was against the wall. Look, not that I like any of that, but I do not like the idea of something lifting your hair. Like that kind of sensation that you have that something's touching where you're like, ugh, get off of me. Right. But in a scary environment like that and having a lifting feeling is so like specific and so physical. It's like, ah, God. Well, especially like that in conjunction with the idea of torturing women to see if they're witches. That like there's somebody, you know, I guess part of the idea of this particular story is that that place uh, – had such a terrible past that there's an imprint of those actions in the room. Right. You can still hear the pop. Ugh. 
all these years later. Gross. Uh, testing women to find out if there are witches is so uh, uh, horrible yeah. and uh, I was going to call it like misogynist, which is true, but like such a diminishing it's, yeah, it's like of beyond. Like, how horrific yeah. that is. Right, right. But the idea of just like, uh, why don't I take it upon myself to all just go ahead and like touch yeah, your I can hair just touch and you. like I can just do whatever, like, whatever. I want. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. Even this far uh, beyond the grave. Right. You can't stop me. Right. I can do whatever I want. Oh my God, Will, you're right. The implications are even worse. That's what I got from it. It's, yeah. it's like really, Ugh. yeah, like a, a true violation. Yes. Uh, and across the fourth dimension. Right. As well, after half goes without saying. And across the pale. Yeah. <laughs> the veil is thin there. Oh, so thin. It's like a wafer. I can't even see. It's like a wafer. Uh, truly terrifying. Story. Yes. That's horrific. I know. All right. I it think. It sounds like a good tour. Is it safe now again for kids again? Yes. Okay. There we go. Yes. Yes. The ba- the, the warning has been. Yes. I, be- I believe so. Yeah. Um, this next story is definitely safe for kids because this is a very sweet story. It also involves kids a little bit. Great. So this is from one of my best, best friends, Katie, who I've talked about on the show before. And she texted me this like last week or something. And then when I was compiling these stories, I was like, hey, why don't I see if Katie minds if I tell this on the show? So this is directly from our text messages. I just kind of like excerpted it a little bit. So Katie says, so I went to my mom's over the weekend and on Saturday night, I was laying in bed with Jack, who's her son. He was asleep with his back toward me. I'm laying there and all of a sudden, I very clearly feel someone touch my forehead as if someone were removing hair to the side of my face. I was not startled. I instantly thought of my grandparents, whose house my mom lives in, the very same house that both of them passed in. I just kind of laid there calmly thinking of them and then I fell asleep. I just talked to my mom about it, and talking about it aloud made me emotional, but in a good way. I'm getting the feels a little now as I text. Imagining one or both of my grandparents watching me in a sweet moment with my son. Imagine how happy that would make them. I love that. That's really nice. I know. Yeah. When, she, when, I, when, she, when I got that, I was like, I, it made me feel a little emotional. It's funny. It's so I didn't nice. think that I would be this person, but like mm-hmm. having now like lost mm-hmm. people that are close to us, the yeah. idea of any sort of like continued lineage of yeah. the family, it's like... Can you imagine mm-hmm. like what it would be like for dad or Karen to be like, oh, there are more of us now. Yeah, right, right. And seeing that and having yeah. that moment of like taking care of somebody that you took care of like in their actual or in your actual life. And now they're taking care of yeah. this other thing. And you get to kind of see that and like mother them while they're mothering. Yeah, like, it's continuing. Oh, yeah. It's con- it's all going right. well. Right. It's so sweet. I'm like nurturing you who is nurturing this yeah. new person. That's very nice. It's, it's so very sweet. sweet. So then this is this gets not less sweet in a scary way, but like a little funny. Sure. Um, so Katie said that um, in my conversation with my mom, um, she said that she thinks that she has seen some other things around the house. Nothing major, but she said that she kind of sees a shadow from time to time. She also said that her friend came over one uh, one day and brought her little boy. He started walking up the stairs, then just stopped and stared. Then my mom looked over, or no, that the mom looked over to my mom at that moment and said something like, "He has the sight." Whoa. And Katie said that her mom said they just didn't like talk about it more somehow. Like they kind of like got off the subject. If I have any, if I, I bet Katie will hear this and text me. Yeah, and, like, please she'll find try out to, some more there's stuff a follow up for damn sure <laughs> I need imagine it. Imagine some kid walking up your stairs and the mom's like, oh, don't worry. He has the site. You're like, excuse me. Here are the sandwiches. Yeah. Get out of my house. Wait, the sandwiches? What is this scenario to They you? came over for sandwiches at the oh house. God. And then you find out that little Timmy has the site. Yeah. Take the sandwiches and leave. <laughs> the site. We can keep talking, Deborah, but Timmy yeah. has to sit outside. Yeah, 
that site is freaking me right out. He has the site. Oh, he has the site. Yeah. Just by means of explanation. Oh, he's got the shining. That doesn't help. Doesn't help at all. Makes me think of the sixth sense. I know. Uh, which, but her mom is so like just like sweet and chill. She probably went, but she's probably just one with the flow. She's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of of uh, that, the boy with shout the shout out sight, to Kath. Shout out, yeah, and thank you, Katie. That was an amazing story. Yes. I really loved it. Um, but uh, the Alex in Connecticut, mm-hmm. I believe, yep. correct? Um, imprints of danger in Emma's story, mm-hmm. and here in Katie's story, uh, a boy with the sight. Uh, the movie The Sixth Sense takes place in Philadelphia. Yeah. Also a very old part yes. of America. Also with a lot of old architecture and history there. Yes. Um, there's a moment in that movie where they're at a birthday party and uh, Cole, the kid with The Sixth Sense, goes to the top of a tall staircase and he finds a little dumbwaiter uh-huh. thing or like a little cabinet that's in the wall. It's barely big enough for him to climb into and a bunch of bullies force him in there. Yeah. And there's a well, ghost in there that's screaming to let him out. And then once he sees Cole and Cole's trapped in the dark with him, he's like, I'll hurt you then. And uh, I don't know. I I, this is so such a weird roundabout point I'm trying to make. Uh But I feel like uh, in uh, uh, Alex's story um, made me think of uh, when we lived in Connecticut and seeing other sort of like odd architectural fixtures and places or being in like an old barn Mm -hmm. and they're just being like a frightening like the thing that you just be like, oh, definitely somebody was locked in there. Yeah, so, right, uh, right. Without a doubt. There's no question what else could have happened in that thing. A yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. And a boy with the sight. Yeah. I almost feel like it's like he has the sight isn't like, oh, so don't worry about it. He has the sight. So he's hung up right now noticing something. Yeah, it's like, yeah. No, first of all, that means that my house has something in it to see with the sight. Right. Two, that means that like you really got to protect that kid because he's seeing a bunch of stuff that's outside your control. Right. But if it's Katie's grandparents that he's seeing with the sight, at True. least, yeah, at yeah, least yeah. within the bounds of Kath's house, that kid's okay. Fair enough. That's yes. a good place to have the sight because his grandparents were stroking your forehead. In that particular instance, yes. Yes. You're right because that was like a very kind, gentle right. moment. But yeah, right. I, I don't know. that For whatever reason, that thought just... Yeah, uh, occurred to well, me. It, it doesn't seem something like that you should be able to casually brush off. Right. Like they don't know that it's just Katie's like sweet grandparents in there. Like, are they going to just like anybody's house who could have any matter of terrifying demons? They're like, oh, he has the sight. It's cool. Right. Like, what if his sight is leading to something horrifying right now? Yeah, exactly. Maybe you should check in. Ah. I mean, for all we know, they do. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just got that little part. Or he's like tucking into his PB goober with eyes yeah. as wide as saucers. <laughs> <laughs> Seen some stuff, mom. Seen some stuff. Seen some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So this next story, and this I believe is our second to last. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is uh, from uh, Adriel. This was back in 2001 on September 8th. I was eight or nine, going on eight or nine in December at the time. So I was pretty childish with an active imagination. It's due to this that my family doesn't believe the story when I tell it to them. But perhaps the two of you will. Uh, I had gone to bed as usual that night, crickets chirping and frogs singing as they do in Puerto Rico, and I had fallen asleep without issue. That night, I had a dream of my uncle, who was notorious for his constant travel around across the island with questionable friends. In the dream, he had been home, sitting in the dining room with my family and chatting away amiably. They all seemed happy, and their voices were loud, traveling down the hall to where I slept in my room and waking me. I loved my uncle, and so naturally I got up to go see him. It wasn't every day I got to spend time with him after all. 
I approached him standing, his standing form from behind, mumbling a sleepy but happy greeting, and reached out to grab his hand. It was then that he whirled on me, hands gripping my arms on either side, and said in the most desperate, serious tone, I'm not here. I woke up that morning of September 9th, 2001, thinking how strange the dream was. It was around 2 or 3 p.m. that day we received a call from my friend. My uncle was found dead. Maybe the dream had been a warning from him, to warn me of the news so that I wouldn't take it so hard. We'd been close, and he had spoiled me rotten being his firstborn nephew. So maybe in his last moment of presence in this world, he came to tell me beforehand. Whatever it was, I didn't understand it very well at the time. Now, though, I think I might. That is very interesting. Mm -hmm. That, in a way, is also like an omen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We've talked yeah, a lot about of. omens recently. So it's like a warning of an event, but that had to do specifically with the person who's giving the omen, basically. Like a warning about them. Like, hey, I'm warning you. Like, I'm gone. Yeah. Like, just get ready for that news. And a message that is also interesting because it's it's direct in a very blunt sort of way. I'm not here. Right. I mean, maybe it's like I need to transmit uh, transmit this message. Mi- message like right away like right. i'm not here i'm not i'm not here like right, you've right. only got he only I, had I no time split second to say it yeah or maybe it's so difficult to communicate mm-hmm. through that channel mm-hmm. that in a way it's almost a mistranslation of what Let's he wants say to lost say in translation a little bit like right. a game of telephone yeah even yeah. though he's the only person that's telling you the message it's such a long journey to get here to do this right it's so important i wanted to make sure that you would understand and be okay. Right, so I came screaming through, so I did it as fast as I could, but something right. gets lost in me doing it this immediately. I'm not here. Like, I'm not you able understand, to plan right? and, I'm like, gather here. the strength. Like, I, I'm getting this through. I'm yes. not here. Listen to me. I'm yeah. not here. Do you understand me? Yeah. Like, like, I need you to know this to be okay. And unfortunately, it comes mm-hmm. through in a way where it's it's left ambiguous. Right, a little garbled. Yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. Yeah. What? Yeah, that sounded like, sound like a chill up my spine. I about to say, when we were talking about it just now, the idea of it being, like, the desperation of I'm not here, I can kind of, like, imagine Imagine what Adriel must have experienced, sure. like that sort of like urgency, and I can imagine how like jarring that is. But then I hope, in hindsight, like a little comforting in some way, like that you think that you're, you know, or that you know that your uncle kind of came through in this way. So even though the dream maybe was scary, like I hope that you know you take a little solace in it. Like man, like that was I, I know what happened to me, and I feel it. Like even if my family doubts me yeah. or whatever, like this feeling is a big deal to me, and I have it no matter what anybody else thinks. One hundred percent. There are a lot yeah. of things in your life that are going to be personally significant to you that other people may not understand mm-hmm. or even believe in. Mm-hmm. But the mere fact, the the mere uh, act of believing in it yourself, yeah. Uh, can be the way that you you let yourself uh, uh, you comfort yourself. Yeah, you know what I and mean. And that's the most important thing. Like, even if they did believe you, like they can't give you that comfort. That's something that comes from you. So yeah. the belief can come from you as well, and that's just yeah. as important. And especially with something like this, you're the only person who experienced it. Right. Yeah. Totally. So it's yours. Right. It's for you. Yeah. It's and yours. You yeah. Exactly. It doesn't anything else is irrelevant, really. That's fascinating. Yeah. There's something about it that does have. I feel like I've heard something like it before. Does, mm. do, do you have anything like that? Honestly, kind of, yes. Like something that was just like, just what we were saying, kind of fast and urgent, maybe like a little ambiguous and where somebody figured it out later. They're like, well, that's what that meant well, or whatever. Well, even, even just like the, the, the odd, 
the person themselves mm-hmm. talking to you uh-huh. before they themselves have died. That's what I mean, in the context of that. Yeah, yes. it's like it's, something coming through. It's that person before they die, but it seems like it's it's very fast. It's like not exactly maybe the way that you'd want to phrase it normally, but it's how they had to phrase it in that moment. I know it, it like rings a little bell to me. Like somebody's like, oh my God, I have to get this message to whoever. Right. And like, I don't know what it is. Could it be Twin Peaks? Oh, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of like of like time sort of being I mean, all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other side, maybe. You know? Yeah. It, could it be that? Could it be Dale Cooper telling Laura not to take the ring before he even knows her in Fire Walk with Me? I don't know. Is he like all urgent or anything like that? He's like, don't take the ring, Laura. Maybe it is. Don't take the ring. Maybe he, he's not saying anything more than that. It's not like yeah. he's giving her a reason why she shouldn't do what she's exactly about right. to do. Right. So it's vague, but it does make sense once you have all the facts. And he's an apparition of a living person who Maybe she will never meet. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it is. Hmm. It scratches of that. I don't. Yeah. There's something else too. I think. I, I think know. there's something that I'd be more. I think like, there's something intense, yeah. like an intensity of the vision that I'm yeah. thinking of, and I'm not sure what it is. Either way, that, that's. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. That, that was a, a really interesting story. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. So this last one, this is kind of crazy. This last one came into us like right as we were about to be yeah. recording, literally. William happened to check his phone and this message was there. And I'm so glad that we saw this before we started recording the listener episode and not after. Totally. So it's awesome. This is from Lita, who sent us a couple of really nice messages from Instagram. So thank you. Okay. So Lita says... When I was about six years old, I remember taking a nap with my mom on her queen bed. Our mom just got a queen bed. Whoa. Whoa. Um, She was sitting upright on the left side with just enough room for me to be on the edge with my head in her lap. I felt her hand placed on my back and one stroking my hair. When I started to move a little, I noticed that the other hand that was not on my back was on her thigh. I froze. I did not want to know who was stroking my hair since we were the only two in the room. That's... Yeah. Ha. Huh. I'm not liking all the hair touching you guys are having. There's like, a lot of hair touching in these stories. I'm having to endure a lot of hair touching lately. I guess, you know what? I mean, if we're going to like ghost rules, yeah. as in Patrick Swayze. Yeah. You no, know he's scooting the pennies yes. around the subway. We talk about that all the time. Hair is light. It's light. That's true. Maybe that's an easy thing. Although stroking, what's the difference between stroking hair and stroking something else? That's just a choice at that point. Yeah, Lifting but maybe, hair is light. But maybe there's a difference between, like we're thinking of stroking as somebody running their hand through your hair or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But if ghosts are real, they're probably made more of intention uh-huh. than actual physicality. They may not have anything that resembles a physical body. They might right. be an orb. Right. But they can mimic the act of something happening right. or like move the air mm-hmm. a little bit. So they're not running their hand through your hair. They're just making your hair move. But running is pressure, I think. When you feel somebody running their hand through your hair, you're feeling the pressure of a hand. It's not, you know, you're feeling like your hair move. But in this case, she knew that something was wrong. Yes. Well, because her mom's hand, she thought both of her mom's hands were on her body, and she saw one of her mom's hands wasn't. Listen, I'm right. <laughs> also, I heard a ghost breathe also, in my ear. Wrong. That was just air. Or it was ghost breath. Or it was ghost breath. Yeah. I guess right. Um... Okay, so fast forward to my 20s. I was working nights and often walked to the parking lot uh, at 2 a.m. for exercise. It was a warm summer night, and that night I had a lot on my mind. I was struggling being on my own and was a little in dire straits and had for the first time gone over the limit in my account and knew I might have an overdraft. And I was stressing out thinking of only I had maybe like $20 to make it right. 
As I rounded the corner for another stretch of my power walking, the up until then dry summer night blew a warm breeze in my direction, sending debris rolling my way and amongst it a crumpled wad of paper. I thought it was a dollar. No, a $20 bill. I can't explain it, but I got a little tear and thought, thank you. So she was thinking to herself, if she just had 20 bucks, like, I could, like, get this right. It could be okay. And a $20 bill rolled to her when it was, like, a still night. All of a sudden, a breeze comes and blows a 20. We'll send it your way right now. Yeah. Yeah. Really sweet. And that's also interesting because I I wonder if that's also still based on – because a lot of people would go with something like that. They'd just be like, coincidence, Mm -hmm. happenstance. It's an accident. Yeah. Uh, That paper still needs to be there. By yeah. accident. Right, right. So right? I think it's one of those things where you have to trace it back. Yeah. Like, okay, so sure, if it was an accident, but like somebody dropped that paper there somehow and they did it right there. Or maybe somebody dropped paper far away and a bunch of series of events got to go that way. Maybe if it was like a movie or something, you'd be following this this dollar like rolling down the sidewalk and then a kid in a skateboard comes by and some of the dollar gets stuck in the gears yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. drops, it blocks away and whatever. Like all those events had to happen in order for this woman to get that $20 bill. And like maybe that's guided by something. Well, I'm even saying let's say it ends there. It is complete chaos. Sure. It just ends there because it ends there Uh because everything ends up somewhere because garbage ends up in the sewer somehow, gets Mm -hmm. blown in. Uh, That's all an accident. 99 times out of 100, the odds are probably way bigger than that. It's not – anyway, most of the time if you go like, man, if only I had 20 bucks, it's not like the universe is going to rearrange itself to find 20 bucks for you. Obviously, we know that or else we'd all be standing around going, I wish I had 20 bucks. Right. But uh, 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 this person was fortunate enough to be standing in a place where completely randomly there had been a $20 bill Mm -hmm. there before. And then some energy was like, "I, you know what? I have just enough oomph to connect these two dots that both – are here because of total happenstance. I right. can bring them together. Yeah. Boom. And why not? I, with one small action, that is all of my ability. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm exhausted for the next right. 50 Spent. millennia or yeah. something like that. Yeah. At least I was able to do that. Yeah. Why and not? like that has such reverberations. So why don't I do that? Not only can that woman like, you know, put money back in her account and be like out of the red, yeah. but she got this moment that was like, it made her feel kind of like held and taken care of. And yep. maybe that she carries that over to other people in small ways. Very nice. It's like, why not do it? Very nice. We're in like a very, Thank you, Universal Spec. We're in a very positive mode. I know. These you are know? like largely very positive ghost stories. Yeah. But remember the popping? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about the popping. Don't forget about the popping. Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Let that take you into the rest of your week. There you go. <laughs> That's it for another shorter episode of Guides to the Unknown. I hope you enjoyed it. We wanted to have something to tide you over while William is gone. That's right. As I sleep beneath the stars in Iceland, yes. uh, we wanted to make sure that we had uh, something for you all to dig into and devour. Mm-hmm. If you have ever experienced a paranormal event in your own personal life that you would like to share with us and perhaps the world, yeah, absolutely. please feel free to email it to gttupod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or, of course, you can always send it through any one of our social media. We're at GTTUPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yep. What's that sound? Hmm? There are whispers coming from Facebook. Ooh. Go to Facebook.com slash groups slash GTTUPod, and you might be invited to join uh, a little <laughs> underground group. A secret society. Where you can share stories of your own in there as well. Mm-hmm. 
and talk to us and other listeners and viewers. Yeah, there's always like a lot of good chat in there. People post cool, spooky stuff so you can see what's going on in the world. It's awesome. Totally. Also, please consider going to patreon.com slash GTTU pod yep. so that you can give back a little something. Uh, and if you would like to talk to Kristen or myself online, that's also an option. Absolutely. We're out there. I am at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at Haunted Sponge. So the time has come to say goodbye. We'll be back next week for more. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld go we. 